have soul. Prove what? As well as just heart. I'm not a mistake. You'll always have parents. I know now why you cry. I'm gonna make them an offer, Kevin. It must have been one hell of a night we're about to cook it and take Alright, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uh, hi, welcome to Bring Us to Movies. This is a new podcast between Mark Ray, me, and Eric Dixon. Hi, hello. Yes. We're film students at Wilmington University, Uni University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I can't speak today. <laughs> I figured I need to get my just get the the initial nervousness of a podcast off me. So yeah, this is an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, this is our first time doing like a full blown podcast. We we dabbled with the Uncharted uh, review of sorts. Yes, it was kind of a prank video that yeah. we just kind of we just kind of put together in a, in a minute. Yeah, but I actually really enjoyed it. I it made me not hate my voice so much. I was like, okay, maybe I can do this podcasting thing. Yeah, it like I listened to it at a laundromat the other day. It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, like, it, it it seemed like a legit podcast. <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, if you ignore the, the lack of visuals for the YouTube clip it was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, um movie news. Uh, Batgirl has just been canceled after it's been made, which has never happened before. Wait a minute, the movie was made? The movie was made and shot, not edited, not post-processed, but there was entire principal photography completed, and then they canceled the movie. That's okay, why so it's my, my background is, I, I saw this, I saw headlines and stuff, I didn't look into it, simply because I'm, like, in terms of, like, the DC realm, I'm not really in that, I don't really care a whole lot about it mm. um mainly because the snyderverse i guess just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth but me both <laughs> yeah but I was, so i saw a lot of people talking about that and i was like i didn't see the big deal of it because i was like batgirl i never really cared for it yeah didn't even really know it existed but uh, you telling me that i didn't know it was like a, a whole thing that was like shot already this is the first time i think in film history that a whole film's been shot and not released like it's not even like apocalypse now where they just keep finding old old reels and old footage of it like this is a whole movie that was not even it's not going to be released and it's insane and it, it really saddens me because the reasoning behind it according according to so there's two reasons behind it one that warner bros won't mention and one that they will the one that warner bros won't mention is that it got awful reviews in test screenings oh, which is a little strange to me because they've released movies that got bad reviews in test screenings before like suicide squad and stuff <laughs> but the other reason that they said is that they want all of their films to be blockbuster level as in like high high budget which really saddens me because that doesn't leave room for like mid and lower budget films yeah. that like actually try different ideas out because the more i the, the more the film landscape has evolved over the past few years the more i've noticed that it's the mid budget and small budget films that have been experimenting the most with the media yeah absolutely i, I remember seeing a film i saw earlier this summer is the black phone or black phone or whatever yeah. it was um and it was actually really good but you could tell like watching that movie that it was pretty low budget like there were only a few locations few characters yeah but it was a really well-made and good movie it didn't need a whole yeah. big budget to to be great and i feel like even superhero movies comic book movies don't even need that you know no like like i'm thinking back to like like a small budget I, i've always wondered like what would a small budget look like be, look like today because at least back in the 20 like in the early 2000s 2010s like at least you had a few movies like uh I don't know, like maybe, uh, uh, the like, what's that one with the kid from? Like, it's the one about the little the kid in the like the kung fu costume with the sticks, and he like the green costume, kick ass. That kick and, ass, yeah, yeah, and like 
uh, Super and a few others. Like, like there were very small budget indie superhero films, and it, and it's strange because you don't see that anymore. It's entirely de- like dedicated to massive blockbusters. Yeah, Sorry, cinematic like, cinematic universes and, and multiverses. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm covering soon in a project that I will not disclose at the moment, but mm. <laughs> just uh, just you wait, anyways. <laughs> But on the topic of mid-budget and small-budget films, uh, there is a film we wanted to discuss today, which has uh, impressed both of us, me Absolutely. twice, having seen it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And uh, it's by the Daniels, uh, who, if you don't know, are two indie directors who are who have made the film Swiss Army Man and The Death of Dick Long and several music videos, actually, for Lil John, And I believe um, they did Turn Down for What? I believe they did that one. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah, they were. That's why uh, their style is so musical, especially in uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling up their their uh, discography, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, Swiss Army Man, everything, everywhere, all at once, and yeah, they did DJ Snake and Lil Jon. Turn it down for what? It's pretty impressive that they've that they've gone. They they have a creative partnership that is one of the most uh, important and and just innovative in all of Hollywood right now. And it's currently everything, everywhere, all at once is the highest grossing A24 film of all time. Wow. Yeah, and A24, if you all don't know, is an incredible indie company who's made so many classics, won many Oscars, and is, in my opinion, the best film company working today. Which... Yeah, many, many would agree with you. And I um, I actually haven't. Is Swiss Army Man A24 as well? Is that yes, I, um, maybe, actually. I, yeah, I, I don't know much about it. I looked into it, but it, it just looked so weird. But in like the best way possible, where I read the synopsis and I was just like, "That seems like a movie I would watch." And afterwards, be like, "What the heck did I just watch?" And sometimes you just need that kind of movie mm-hmm. because I don't get that enough. Where I just, I just love watching a movie and being like, what "That was, was that? very weird." Yeah, but I enjoyed it. You know, it was different, and I feel like Swiss Army Man would be that just based off of what I know about it. So I do want to check that out at some point. But everything, everything, everywhere. Wait, what? Everything, What's, everywhere, all at everything, once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I always, because you know how Will would like say everything, everywhere, simultaneously at yes. the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get all those things mixed up. But um, that was a really, really good movie, and I want to watch it again. It's definitely one of those movies that multiple viewings are mm-hmm. um, warranted. Really. Yeah, like the like those little small details in that movie. Yeah, little that nuances and stuff. That enhance really... the, uh, it enhances the, um, the, the like the repeat viewings allow for more enhanced experience of yeah. what you're perceiving in the sense that like you look at little small details like the um the bagel is like a like a a black hole with a, with a a center in it and the antithesis to that in the movie the the sort of like the yin to its yang is the googly eyes that the man that the, the father owns in the sense that like it's a white hole with a black center to oh, it I didn't, I didn't even see i didn't even pick up on it's that. literally the yin yang i didn't i had i have to give credit to um accented cinema the youtube channel who pointed that out i hadn't even noticed that before yeah, that was that was very cool for me it was just like oh you know you know how people say like oh you open your third eye and you just like you know that's why i kind of perceived it as but it, I, that was actually really a really cool detail i didn't realize that before yeah the whole movie is about kind of it's it, it is about opening up your third eye although you don't really have to be high to watch it i'm sure (laughs) but it's really just such an interesting film that's about exploring the limits of nihilism and exploring how how your perspective of it can really be amplified with the connection you you build with others because what i've noticed in the past few years 
is that there's been an, an influx of nihilistic films and TV shows like Rick and Morty and mm-hmm. Don't Look Up and Rick and Morty, really? Yeah, very nihilistic show, very like like nothing matters kind of show. Mm-hmm. In BoJack Horseman, where like and some of those are I think decent films and stuff, but and decent shows. But a problem I have with them is that they're too dismissive of the power and the amplification of empathy and connection that people can build because that can be a really and like and the thing is it's hard to do that kind of message because on the one hand if you don't do it enough you just end up looking cynical and like you're rambling but if you do it too much you can come across as sugar-coated and too like you're just like you're trying too hard to like cheer somebody up when you're really not meaning it yeah. i think everywhere every everything everywhere <laughs> is the perfect middle ground yeah in that sense yeah it, it's it's really surprising in the sense of how like philosophical that movie got at times like especially the one of the standout scenes for me was the rock scene yeah me too which is like sure it was like funny it's comedic but it was also real yeah that was probably the most real that movie got and i was like really compelled when i when i and i made a joke i was like dude i watch a whole movie with just them sitting there talking as rocks i was it was half a joke but i was really interested in that in that part it was just something about it that it, and it came at the perfect point in the movie where it's just like a break from all the chaos that was ensuing and it was just like here we are two rocks we're stuck in this place we're having a conversation and this is this is how it is this is life and yeah it was just like really really interesting and that rock scene is so crucial too because it's like just like all the other multiverses they explore in that movie it's like it's it's a situation where physically you can't move you can't yeah. stag you, you can't propel yourself you can't you can't progress any further but through that power of empathy and through the, the rock turning to reveal the googly eyes, suddenly it's revealed like, yes, there absolutely is a room for growth and connection and building like empathy and and a, building a spirit between two people. Exactly. Even in when they're just rocks. And that's like something that the fact that it was made by A24, who has good company, but has made very dark, very depressing movies. Yeah, the fact that they made that... <laughs> is impressive and mm. bravo to the daniels and to the cast and the writers and the directors and all that yeah that. absolutely yeah i'm just shocked that like this movie even made a hundred million dollars and i mean that in a good way because yeah. like i wish this had been a bigger hit it deserves it. yeah i i honestly didn't even go see it i was initially gonna go see it when it came out but uh my girlfriend and i ended up seeing the bad guys instead because she was <laughs> really interested in that and honestly i was too so i wouldn't go see that and um, I remember seeing all the reviews coming out about everything everywhere I once. And I was like, oh, man, man, maybe I should have gone see it, to see this. And I'm glad I finally did get around to watching it because it was very, it definitely lives up to uh, the hype. It was, oh, yeah. and, and not only is it really well written and well directed, but it was just fun. It was, yeah. fun, it was fun to watch as well. Yeah, I, it was like a very entertaining film despite being an art film. Yeah, like, and it, it, it's one. It's like your favorite kind of movie. It's like it's fun, but it also makes you think. Yeah, you know? it's it's to me, like this is going to sound kind of reductive at first, but hear me out. I've been waiting for a company, like an indie company like A24 to make an action film for so long. I was telling you this during our screening. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I want there to be like, like a company like A24 just dumbed down and appeals to the lowest common denominator. No. What I mean is I want for a genre like action, which has been perpetually like saturated with lowest common denominator fare, and I want them to like to like be 
elevated with a company like 824 in the yeah. same way that George Miller and the Wachowski sisters and John Woo have done in the past. Like, yeah, I want absolutely. there to be something more to the genre. And this absolutely is what I've been waiting for for like a long time. Yeah, you can tell there was a lot of inspiration for like stuff like The Matrix and like older martial arts movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There was a lot of like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee ins- uh, yeah. in- inspiration there. And just, man, the, the action though was so clever at times yes. where it was just like this, it, I don't know, it just impressed me. It was like a breath of fresh air, especially coming off of, well, I hate to say it, but some say like Marvel, where it's just like all the fights and feel kind of stale yeah. and they samey. But this one kind of mixes up a bit and it was just like, he's literally using a fanny pack and, and like she's twirling, like she's using her like twirling side ability to, to it's to, just like so creative and, and, and well done where I was just like, man, I'm, I can't help but be impressed by this. Yeah, it's, I've... It's like the kind of action film that I think audiences have been starved for because there's just been such a like a lack of like realism to the action. Like there's no like like so many times you see like a hit in an action scene in modern films and it just it doesn't feel like a hit because of the way the cutting and the color grading and the and the um and the choreography are staged. It just doesn't feel like it's a real action scene. Excuse me. Whereas everything everywhere all at once has like it's it's like you can tell they did their homework with Wuxia films and like martial arts films. Like this oh, absolutely. absolutely feels like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hero, or The Matrix, yeah. where it's like it's it's like a kinet, like the kinetic energy between each of the actors like playing off each other, and it gets so creative with how they they use just props and stuff like that. Like um, yeah. there's certain props which we won't discuss in the podcast, obviously, <laughs> but if you know the movie, you're gonna know what we're talking about. Anyways, um, yeah. Uh, geez, there's just so much good stuff to talk about this movie. I, I yeah. go on for like an hour or so. Yeah, it's, I just think it was, it's, it's such a cool concept in terms of like, he, especially nowadays, I, like the multiverse, like the concept of the multiverse has always been a thing oh explored in like fiction. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, recently there's been like this weird, um, what's the obsession. word obsession yeah it's like multi like multiverse 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 everything like, wants man. to be one it's ridiculous but like this one was just like it was it, it had was its interesting own ideas. yeah it was it's very interesting the way it, it worked because it wasn't like oh we're physically traveling to another i mean there was some of that but it was mostly like mm. um the the like, brain like the connection what, what they call it the others. uh the, the verse jumping verse jumping yeah which was like the way it worked was so interesting and cool mm-hmm. and how you had to do, like do something so weird and random that it was just like um it, just the way it worked was like so interesting yeah. and it, it like i love how it like makes you question it for just like why is she having to do all this like weird stuff like why are people doing this stuff yeah. and then when it's explained to you it's like That's it why. makes sense it's not just like some sort of silly like oh we're gonna make them do this because it's like funny it's wacky there's actually it makes sense why they're doing these silly wacky things which is like so good just like i said it's so well written yeah and so there's a little foreshadowing to it too like the little tv screen in the beginning where he's like yeah. you see him going through like, which, which, which confused the heck out of me at first. i was like why what? is he doing all this weird stuff but then over time as the story progresses you see like you see like you learn like this you realize the seeds were planted there beforehand and it's like a little it's like a little like mystery you have to solve like yeah. what is going on it's like it progresses and it unfolds over time that's why i think it, we have to talk about it at some point that's why i think something like dr strange and multiverse menace was severely lacking because it didn't have like a story in which we got to like explore a mystery over time which is odd because like sam raimi is like a very like heightened filmmaker and he doesn't mm-hmm. like he's like he does not shy away from like 
building up like a story that progresses over time. This one just like the, the everything everywhere just like it like the plot points they it, it was like a rolling uh like a rolling snowball. It's built up and built yeah, up constantly and built up building on top of until it. eventually it just collides with something and it's like a spectacular flurry. Whereas something like Doctor Strange just kind of like it just kind of like fizzles out throughout like throughout its runtime. Like there's a few instances of like interesting explorations of the multiverse and what it could mean for our perspectives and our place in the in life mm. but like for the most part it's just exp- it's just interested in being like a silly little action film which nothing wrong with that but like it's sam raimi he could do so yeah. much better i'm sorry to all the dr strange fans <laughs> i apologize with my, all my heart no yeah I, I was really actually really hyped when i found out that's the main reason i was hyped for or maybe not hyped but at least looking forward to uh multiverse of madness because uh, sam raimi was behind it yeah and um like I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Spider-Man movies, favorite movies of all time. Even the third one, yes, that's right. Um, I'm not not afraid to, to say it. And if I quote Spider-Man on this podcast, which I probably will a lot, sorry, not sorry. Anyway. Where's my bourbon? I'm going to take some shots. I'm going to take some shots every time he quotes Spider-Man. I'll, I'll do it every episode. And I, I was saying this earlier, like, I, I'm a person who knows that he quotes movies too much. So I'm going to, uh, so I'm going <laughs> to, oh, okay, look who's talking. Yeah, exactly. Who's, but, who's talking. but yeah, like those movies are some of my favorite and he was returning to Marvel and I was like, yes. And, and I feel like for what Multiverse of Madness was, it was like, it just okay. all added, it just all felt like it was going to like be something great. Yeah. And it, it was like still fine. Like I wasn't like super, like, I don't hate the movie. It was yeah. just like, I mean, it's all right, but also. At the same time, it could have been so much better, which is the part that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, like even the like simple things in like when you like these these movies are kind of like a perfect like like Rorschach not Rorschach test uh, <laughs> like a perfect what the uh, litmus test between like like the creative potential of a concept and like a like a factory movie doing it because even simple things like the color grading like when you compare everything all at once like. Like it has like so many different like styles like like one like the the scenes in the actress scene in everything everywhere that's modeled mm-hmm. after a Wong Kar Wai films you have a bit of uh, a little bit of martial arts like Kill Bill and stuff oh, yeah. you have a little bit of oddly enough Ratatouille like the, oh yeah the, the, the yeah. raccoon R- bit raccoonie yes <laughs> and like when you compare that like all the different possibilities in it like they go through them like they're going through them like shuffling cards you know it's like this insane just breakneck speed of shuffling back and forth between emotions and it's but it's all tied together in this like really unique package that like helps you guide the emotion through like even though it's a strange concept you're being guided through like a roller coaster which is also something that sam raimi was great at in the evil dead and spider-man stuff whereas doctor strange it has two multi two universes and it has like a 15 second scene of a couple of different ones and the color grading isn't different is not different either one of them the staging is the same it's even in the same town like it's in midtown manhattan for both of them yeah it's just like it's it's so limiting in like in, it, it was odd because it has a bigger budget and it could have yeah, done more it, it was kind of surprising how limited scope it was um a lot of people would thought like multiverse of madness was gonna like change marvel and the mcu and it was just gonna be this huge event mm-hmm. and it wasn't really that it was just like another standalone it's a multiverse MCU of madness movie. and it's nothing and it's just one place and like one time yeah one and it's and it's a bit underwhelming in that regard and i do feel like even from a dirt like from a directing standpoint i feel like it was really fun at at times especially like my favorite part of that movie honestly which probably says 
like how good the rest of the movie is but the the zombie strange was genuinely yeah. like that just brought back straight evil dead vibes and it was just so fun and wacky where i just like i can't help but enjoy this but i can understand for a lot of people where that movie falls flat is really in like the storytelling mm-hmm. and um i can completely understand that and why you wouldn't be super into that movie um but it like watching everything everywhere all at once and seeing how like the concept of the multiverse can be handled in a way that is like grand in scope but also so personal at the same time is mm. very interesting to me because it's like all right what are what are the rest of you guys doing <laughs> you know exactly and it's so interesting to see like this like what it's crazy because both films are kind of like they examine like what a, a director can add to their own style like what what is, what does a director's style add to a film and i think sam raimi's best scenes in multiverse of madness are definitely the parts with the horror scenes you know like yeah the illuminati which is a stupid name for a superhero team <laughs> i'm gonna say it like when they're getting killed off by scarlet witch like that was mm-hmm. like very hor- like yeah very that was very scary. like carry like vibes yeah and like it's it, like the thing with the thing that I always distinguish between like a company like A twenty four and a company like Marvel, with respect to both of them, is that A twenty four is like they have about like fifteen percent. Okay, you gotta like keep it within our style, like because you can tell A twenty four does have a style. But like eighty five percent of it, they're like yeah, do what you want. We're not working on a huge budget, and it's not like you're gonna like crash the film if you fail. Just like you, yeah. they give you the creators some freedom to test out their styles, you know, to expand like like to see like how far they can go with certain ideas whereas marvel is like 15 percent, you can do what you want 85 percent, you got to keep it within the budget you got to keep it within the template of marvel films because they always have at the end of the day they have the same structure the same character same formula they have the same like like makeup of the filmmaking Mm -hmm. and i think a24 for as much as they are kind of like they're as much of a meme as it is that like they are kind of like you know that one company that makes those kind of like weird films that you like once you know it, you see you, once you see it you know what it is yeah for as much as they are that they do allow for some experiment for a lot of experimentation a lot of stretching of the ideas and it's maybe not as much as something like i don't know like a like a no budget like experimental like art house gaspar noe film although he has worked with a24 but i think it's really important that we allow for filmmakers to to test those boundaries and the only way to do that is by financially supporting them which is why i'm glad you i you and i have seen movies this year like everything everywhere and nope and all those other good movies titan from last year titan oh yeah uh, anyway moving on <laughs> yeah moving on yeah. um yeah so we're 22 minutes into this podcast uh maybe it would be best if we get some q a questions would that be something you'd be interested in or sure Unless you had more to say about the movie, because I, um, all I have to say, I don't want to say too much, yeah. other than if you haven't seen it, watch it, and if you have seen it, watch it again. <laughs> and if you and if you haven't seen it, pay to see it. Yes, they deserve your money. Yes, don't all this piracy and whatnot is uh, it's good for some things like certain movies I'm not going to name, but yeah, there are there are a lot of films out there that do deserve to be supported financially. Yes. So and this is one of them. So yeah. please go see this and. See, take your parents to see it too, because, well, okay, t- skip over some parts, but like, t- but <laughs> oh, like, yeah. t- yeah, take yeah. your parents to see, take your parents to see the end of the movie. I'll say that because yeah. it's a really heartwarming film. Uh, okay, question. Moving on to questions. So, first question from Boyce Rucker, friend of ours. 
Friend of the show, friend of the show. Yeah. What's a film you'd endlessly defend? <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Um, Fair enough. Which is kind of a joke answer, but also not really. A lot of people seem to, to hate that movie. Not anymore. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the slander has kind of calmed down. Because it's become a meme. That's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Memes turn hated things. That's very true. Which, it's kind of unfortunate how a lot of that meme where he has kind of creeped its way into the other movies. Yeah. Like I kind of off topic, but I was watching like, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was rewatching Spider-Man one mm. and, um, and there, it was a scene where uncle Ben Ben dies and he's, he's crying. Oh no. And all I'm thinking of is the meme. Oh no. And I'm just like, this is such a, this is such a sad moment. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at him and all I see is the meme. And I'm just like, dang, they, they ruined spider-man what not actually come? nothing can ruin spider-man no. but spider-man 3 is people say like oh it has too many villains oh it's like goofy and it's like Topher grace it's just like <laughs> they have so many different complaints about the movie but i feel like there are a lot of things that actually work like the whole symbiote thing and like him becoming quote-unquote like emo <laughs> or even the whole like the, the infamous like Dance, James James Brown, Brown dance. I that. love that part. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not defend. No, that literally. What, my dad took me to see this movie. I was, this when did this movie come out? 2007. I was like five years old. Yeah. I'm in the theater, and and I remember that part coming up, and everyone in the, the, the audience just like cracking up, and it was just like so funny, and like that scene, it works because it for one, it serves as like it mirrors the the, the montage in Spider-Man Two, where he, you know raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah, it's like he's like Spider-Man no more, and he's just trying to live a normal life. It, it's like that. But it's him just like trying to be something he's not, which is why it's so goofy, why it's so silly, and it makes no sense because yeah. Peter Parker isn't cool. He's so a of nerd. course he's gonna yeah, of course he's gonna look ridiculous walking down the street in a black suit, yeah, freaking dancing like, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, exactly. It's just and like, like the thing is, it's the people's reactions in the crowd he's walking by. That's why yes. it, the scene works because the scene knows that he's he's exactly. It'd be different if the ladies were like, "Oh hell, he's looking looking good," you know. And he's, <laughs> he's, it's not. They're looking at. They're cringing. They're rolling their eyes. It's just it's everybody perfect. just like it's like who is this dude? What's yeah, he doing? It's, exactly. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful movie. It like does it falter at yeah like it and I would say, I will say it does have too many villains like the whole um, the whole subplot with like Flint Marco being his the actual uncle's killer was yeah. just a bit much and it didn't need all that but I still think it's a very fun and entertaining movie and honestly I would say good movie Absolutely. is it as good as the first two no but I can still pop it on and have a good time at any any point exactly and also even if you don't like the bad Spider-Man movies like. I know we just bash Marvel a bunch, but you can always just watch No Way Home and like it kind of like it kind of like ties it all together again. Yeah. So it's like it's you know it's yeah good. exactly like th- that movie honestly made me like the Amazing Spider-Man movies a little more because yeah. yeah, it's like you know it's it, it's not it's the, not perfect but it, yeah but, but it's it, just a different interpretation of the character yeah it, and, it does what Spider Verse does it's like which is another multiverse movie of course yeah but like it's all about like how like different interpretations can kind of like coexist and that's a good thing which yeah exactly. i think more people need to recognize absolutely look at you star glad, wars fans yeah and I'm, I'm glad that movie exists for that reason because it's really like maybe be like hey okay, spider-man doesn't have to be this one way yeah exactly. there, there can be different different versions yeah that said it's gonna have terrible consequences because now every movie wants to be like no way home apparently the flash points <laughs> uh the monster verse everything is gonna be like that great right. movie uh but also 
Thank you. So thank you, Mark Watts. And also, Mark Watts, what have you done? You've ruined my life anyways. Uh, but a movie I would endlessly defend. Um, Wait, Mark Watts? Are you talking about the director of... Yeah, No Way Home. It was John Watts, right? John Watts. Dang it. I mixed him up with Mark Webb. Mark Webb, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Mark and John. You, your, your name's interchangeable to me. I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, I'm going to cut that part out probably. <laughs> That's mean. Uh, but anyways... Um, uh, movie I'd endlessly defend. I think I was talking about this earlier. It's probably Walter Mitty because, like, mm-hmm. like the thing is, it's funny because it's that Ben Stiller movie about like the guy who like goes on like a like a, a cross national trip to like find a picture a picture for like the final cover of Life magazine, which is ironic because we have a cover of Life magazine in here that's been printed a few days ago. So, because is that Jaws. Yes, Jaws. Nice. Uh, you you all can't see it. You because oh yeah because yeah. you're on a podcast. Anyway, sorry about it. <laughs> but yeah, like. That's like a movie that I've seen mixed reviews of everywhere, but oddly enough, it's, it's this never happens ever. It's the one movie where I show it to anybody, and they just love it. Like I can't find a person who doesn't like this movie, even though it has mixed reviews. Like that's that's kind of rare. Like it's kind of a a miracle movie in that regard. Maybe we can watch that at our next pause tonight. You should, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't I haven't seen the movie, so I can't can't speak on it. But it's like really good. It's like a like an examination of like. How, like when I keep saying how far can you go with something and I need to stop saying that but like it's an examination of uh, pushing yourself to to sort of get out of your shell and kind of like stand up to your insecurities kind of like accepting yourself which is sounds like a movie I should watch yeah it's, it's a little <laughs> cheesy but like it's also like very earnest like mm-hmm. it's, it's a, like it's kind of a dry sense of humor which I think is why it doesn't feel cheesy and uh, in that regard I think it's a great one so yeah um let's take a look at this next one from Stevie Raptus, what is your favorite foreign friend of the show? Friend of the show. What's up? Friend of the show. Just yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Sorry. <laughs> I was wondering what that was the first time. I'm like, wait, did I? I'm gonna say that whenever we we mention someone's name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stevie Raptus. Uh, what's your favorite foreign film? Which is a hard question. Um, I. I think for me, it will probably be Lying. Yeah. That, that movie is genuinely <laughs> it's it's a it's a crazy it's, it's a heavy movie for sure and it's a bit of a slow burn but it's just it's something that something about it the way it, i don't know if it's the way it's shot the way it's written the the acting All, it's just it really it reels you in and it doesn't let you go until the very end the even ending. after even after the credits start rolling you're sitting there and you're looking at the screen because you're just like Taken like, aback. The ending know? is like a freaking like mic drop. It's yeah. a it's a it's it's hard it's ending. not a mic drop. That's a freaking atomic bomb drop. Yeah. <laughs> like holy crap! I've like I was like like if I want to see this movie in a theater like because like I guarantee you that whole movie is like it's like dang this is like really heavy and then the ending comes. I'm not gonna spoil it because if you haven't seen it, please see it. It's yeah. incredible. But when that ending comes, it's like you're just. There is just you could hear a pin drop in the in the room, whichever room yeah. you're in, because it's just it's such a such a stark and such a real movie. Like it it's like it just it it speaks about things in society that like you're not supposed to say, but like right. dang, wow. yeah. I it's definitely a movie. That's <laughs> it's definitely a movie I I want to watch again at some point. It's just one of it's like I said, it's really heavy. It's one of those movies you really have to you know, find time to just be like, all right, this is what I'm about to get into and, you know, just dive right in. But it's, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. It's definitely one of my favorite foreign films. And even as someone who's not like a foreign film guru, mm. I I can say that this, this movie is really fantastic. And I think 
that if you're into just really well told stories and well-made films then you should definitely watch it at some point absolutely not for the faint of heart but yeah definitely worth a watch as for me um favorite foreign film uh i'm on a a guy Ritchie binge and he's from england but (laughs) i I mean it kind of counts but no i'm not i'm not not, no my favorite foreign film is probably parasite because that that is like a that one movie i haven't seen yet (laughs) which i'm still mad at you for (laughs) i know i know but um yeah parasite is like a really interesting like social commentary film which sounds like pretentious thing to say but like it's a good one like it has like layers of dark humor and thriller and and humor and different types of i just said humor dang it uh humor twice humor shut up more (laughs) (laughs) but like it just has so many like complexities and like like the plot moves along like a like like a almost like a snake like it's it's which sounds like a strange thing to say but like it's constantly just like shifting and toying with your emotions and just redirecting where the trajectory of the plot is and it's just such a fascinating look at poverty and class divide and just so many like relevant topics to today that i don't think i've seen any other film do and you i will not stress this enough i was so happy when i woke up the morning after the oscars and found out it won best picture because i was like finally I needed a reason to show my parents something that was indie. Yeah, something something weird though about Parasite is that this movie somehow I just complete I completely missed it. Like I didn't even know it existed until it won Best Picture at the Oscars that yeah. year. And I was like, "What is this movie? I didn't even know it existed." And everyone's raving about it. And I was just like, "Huh." Yeah. And then I, I was like, I'll, "I'll watch it at some point." And I just haven't yet for some reason. No excuses. I just haven't watched it. We'll put on the podcast um, for an episode one time. Yeah. So I so I have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just like it's just such an incredible like thing that like it won all those awards. It won like so many like awards, and I was not expecting it to win that night because I mean not to go too much detail, but you know the Oscars are. Anyways, but like I just I was so <laughs> happy. Do like Joseph uh, Ferris at the Game Awards? He's like f the Oscars. <laughs> exactly, but like I'm just I'm so happy that it like got the recognition it deserved because this is one of those like gut punch films that like transcends the medium to me and i say that a lot but this is a film that like actively pushed me to like be a better filmmaker in a lot of ways yeah i, I remember um i watched the chris duckman review of it one of my favorite uh, reviewers on youtube and he after a review he was like yes movies are back and yes. he literally he told he told the 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 camera that like, he was like this movie straight up maybe like after he watched it he started writing because he he just felt so inspired mm-hmm. to to do it and i was just like and every now and again, you'll get those films where it's like, even me, who I don't write nearly as much as I as I used to, but on occasion, there will be a movie that I'll watch and it'll make me, it'll remind me of like why I, I like being creative in the first place. And it's to tell effective stories that really make someone go, wow. Yeah. You know? It's like getting struck by lightning. In yeah. yeah. Let's see what the next one is. Um. Because if, if I talk about Parasite, I have too much. And, and Lahane will go on about those movies oh, yeah. for forever. Cause we might just have to make this whole episode. Yeah. Actually, that could be a good versus episode, not going to lie. That could. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to something goofy. Uh, my little brother, Jack Ray. Who would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a gorilla? I'll go first, I guess. Uh, realistically, probably a, a grizzly bear because like, it's got teeth and it's got the the claws and stuff. It's That's true. But, I mean... Gorilla. It depends on the size of each of them too. 
I won't, I won't discount either one. Yeah, because not all gorillas are that that's big, you know. True. Not all grizzly bears are that big. That's very true too. Hmm. Let's. So I guess we'll just imagine they're the same size. Okay. Um. I'm still going with the grizzly bear because like it's got the claws and the teeth. Yeah, and and gorillas are very close to people in terms of their capabilities. Yeah. The gorilla has opposable thumbs, which could help, but... That could help, but only so much. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think grizzly bear has it. Yeah. After watching The Revenant, I think grizzly bear <laughs> always has it. After watching Harambe, I think it's grizzly bear. I'm oh, sorry. No. I'm sorry. Oh, no. oh, we... oh. <laughs> What have I done? <laughs> All right, one last question from Owen Murdoch. Shout out for his show. Yes. Uh, favorite lead singer in a band? You can go first. Um, honestly... Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs. They're an underground Detroit rock band who was in Dirt Bombs and the Gories and some other awesome bands that were really influential. Like, his voice is just freaking awesome. Like, he's a rad as heck singer. And I only found out the other day he's into furry comics. Interesting. Which is like, I did not know that. And I was like, okay, can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm not super big into music honestly a lot of time i just listen to things i don't really know who's behind it all but um one of my favorite bands is ajr and the lead singer for for that band is jack um and he's just not only is his voice just great but also just seems like a super cool dude like he seems like a cool dude that you can just like chill with kick with talk talk about life or whatever crack and, open a cold one with yeah crack open a cold one with him like um that. and just have a good time he just seems like a super cool dude hipster and i'm hipster adjacent so at least that's what people tell me um yeah so i mean i don't know he just seems like a cool dude so yeah, uh, yeah. adam or no no not adam jack jack met from ajr nice even though they all they all sing but he's like the main the main one who does it i'll have to give him some more listens i've heard a little bit of them but it's I, I recommend high, the one who the album that got me into them is the click, click. um back in high school i listened to that and loved it mm-hmm. i listened to it repeatedly um neo theater is also good and okay orchestra which is their latest album which is good but like the click and neo theater definitely mm-hmm. get those to listen i've always wanted to be in a podcast with anthony fantano but i never got the chance until today so thank you eric <laughs> oh, oh whatever <laughs> but if you want like a good album from mick collins uh I mean, his masterpiece is by far from the Dirt Bombs. It's uh, Ultra Glide in Black. You got, like, it's like a, it's a cover album, but it's so, so good. Like, you got Living for the Weekend. You got covers of The Thing. You got, uh, what was that one called? Uh, you got Do You See My Love for You Growing. They have one uh, uh, original song in there called um, Your Love Belongs Under the Rock. They got Ultra Black Man. They got so many good movies. I mean, songs. Dang it. <laughs> Bring us, show. bring us the music. Bring us the music, yes, and bring us Fantano so we can interview him, please. Yeah, it's just, so there you go again. Getting some music recommendations from a movie podcast. Yeah, which is odd. Would have thunk, but yeah. All right, uh, that sounds like that's. Do you think that's about it? Yeah, that was a good episode. A good I think. first, good little something to get our, our feet uh, wet a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, for the next episode. Will the next episode be Pulp Fiction? I was whispering to uh, Eric to see if he was still want to do Pulp Fiction. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, Pulp Fiction. That that's my pick um, yeah. for the next episode because I'm a basic film major. 
hate to say it. We all had that phase, though. Yeah, yeah. We've all gone through it. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, I have a script ready for this uh, end end scene. I don't know why I'm telling you all that, because I should have this planned. Uh, Oh, do I have it? Did you send it to me right now? Oh? No, no, it's just, I say it. Oh, uh, you say it? We'd like to thank you all for watching. And wish you all true and false. Very pleasant. Good evening.